You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Is it possible Christians have misunderstood one of Jesus' most important teachings about prayer and, as a result, have floundered for centuries in completing their most important assignment? The answer, astonishingly, is yes. That is, if the leaders in the New Apostolic Reformation movement are correct. Hi, I'm Holly Pivik. Welcome to this episode. I'm co-author with Doug Guyvitt of three books about the New Apostolic Reformation, including our most recent book, Counterfeit Kingdom, The Dangers of New Revelation, New Prophets, and New Age Practices in the Church. The New Apostolic Reformation, or NAR, is a popular and fast-growing movement led by so-called apostles and prophets that has been taking over churches in the United States and around the world. In this episode, I will explain NAR's peculiar understanding of the Great Commission, which relates closely to their novel interpretation of the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer, taught by Jesus to his disciples, is the most precious and well-known prayer of Christians from all traditions. During the early centuries of Christianity, the prayer played an essential role in its worship, teaching, and practice. Today it's recited during church services, funerals, and before family meals. Children memorize it in Sunday school classes. Yet, despite its special place of honor, most Christians have failed to grasp its true meaning and significance. They know the prayer by heart, but their hearts have missed its meaning. That's what the Apostle Bill Johnson, the senior leader of the most influential NAR Church, Bethel Church in Redding, California, claims. The prayer conveys God's marching orders for God's people to bring God's kingdom to earth through their spoken words. It's a battle plan, but Christians have blown it. So how have Christians gotten it so wrong for so long? Historically, they've seen it as a model of petitionary prayer, a guide for how believers should approach God, that is, intimately and respectfully, and for the types of requests they are free to make of him while they await the coming of his kingdom in its fullness. This understanding of the Lord's Prayer differs radically from Johnson's. For him, Jesus does not commend a pattern for petitionary prayer. The Lord's Prayer has nothing to do with humbly requesting divine favor. Rather, it models a type of prayer known as binding and loosing prayer. The basic idea of binding and loosing prayer is that Christians wield their God-given authority to bind or halt all forms of evil in their tracks and to loose or release the blessings of heaven. They do this by making what they refer to as prayer declarations. In addition, the Lord's Prayer teaches believers to use binding and loosing prayer to establish God's earthly kingdom here and now. Confusion about the Lord's Prayer explains why Christians have failed to complete their God-given assignment. There is an urgent need to recover the true meaning of the Lord's Prayer and to understand the key it holds to establishing God's kingdom. In his best-selling book, When Heaven Invades Earth, Johnson writes, The Lord's model prayer provides the clearest instruction on how we bring the reality of his world into this one. Jesus' model reveals the only two real priorities of prayer. First, 
intimacy with God that is expressed in worship, holy is your name, and second, to bring his kingdom to earth, establishing his dominion over the needs of mankind, your kingdom come. But what does Johnson mean when he speaks of establishing God's dominion or kingdom? And how specifically will binding and loosing prayer accomplish this? Johnson teaches that bringing heaven to earth is the Christian believer's greatest commission, greater than all other commissions given by Jesus. It's greater even than the commission recorded in Matthew 28, 16-20, at least as this commission has been understood by generations of Christians. On the standard interpretation of the Great Commission, recounted in Matthew 28, Jesus called his original disciples to go out into the world to make disciples of him in all nations, baptizing and teaching those who believe. This was to be their greatest assignment. But Johnson doesn't see the Great Commission in this way at all. Like others, he speaks of Jesus' assignment in Matthew 28, 16-20 as the Great Commission. But, in contrast to the traditional and most natural understanding of Jesus' admonition, he views it through the same lens he uses on the Lord's Prayer. It is a commission to disciple entire nations, not just individuals within those nations, and take dominion of the earth. This is the greatest commission. It's also a restoration of the original commission God gave Adam and Eve to rule the earth. Anything less than taking dominion is a mere subpoint to the greatest commission. The essential task is not to spread the teachings of Jesus to the ends of the earth and make disciples. In his book, The Way of Life, Johnson writes, There is one assignment given that is so large, so all-encompassing, that every other commission aligns its purpose to the fulfillment of that one. Perhaps we could call the other assignments subpoints to one major point. The assignments to evangelize, to work miracles, to care for the poor, the widow, the orphan, and the like are all practical expressions of this one major task. God's will fully manifest here with heaven as its source, model, and inspiration. Johnson's interpretation of the Great Commission, found in Matthew 28, 16-20, as a dominion mandate aligns with dominion theology. Many other NAR leaders who teach this dominion mandate like Johnson, frequently interpret the command in Matthew 28:19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, as a command to disciple nations, not to make disciples of individuals within all nations. See, for example, C. Peter Wagner's book, Dominion. But as Bruce Barron points out, they are on dubious ground with this interpretation. In his book, Heaven on Earth, The Social and Political Agendas of Dominion Theology, Aaron writes, The New Testament uses nations, Greek ethne, to refer to political entities, but also, more generally, to people groups, especially Gentiles. The latter meaning seems to have been intended in Matthew 28, 19-20, which commands the believers to baptize and teach the ethne. After all, one baptizes individual persons, not civil institutions. Therefore, to find a mandate for national discipleship in this passage seems unwarranted, Barron concludes. Johnson's claim that the church's greatest commission is to bring heaven to earth is disputable. In fact, it is revisionist. He revises tradition to suit his purposes. 
The phrase bringing heaven to earth has become a sort of tagline for Bethel Church and is often used in advertisements for its events and teaching materials. The concept of bringing heaven to earth is also captured in other phrases used by Bethel, including the invasion of earth, captured in the title of Johnson's book, When Heaven Invades Earth, Heaven Come, the name of an annual Bethel conference in a Bethel music song, and On Earth as it is in Heaven, language borrowed from the Lord's Prayer and emblazoned on the homepage of the Bethel Reading website. Let us consider what it would look like for the church to bring heaven to earth. Johnson explains in his book, The Supernatural Power of a Transformed Mind. He writes, When we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, we're praying for the king's dominion and will to be realized right here, right now. What is free to operate in heaven, joy, peace, wisdom, health, wholeness, and all the other good promises we read about in the Bible, should be free to operate here on this planet, in your home, your church, your business, and your school. What is not free to operate there, sickness, disease, spiritual bondage, and sin, should not be free to operate here, period. We are out to destroy the works of the devil. In other words, there's no sin or sickness or disease or depression or poverty in heaven. So for heaven to come to earth means that none of those things should be found on earth either. And it isn't merely that sin and suffering should not ideally exist in the world today. Rather, Christians have been tasked to make earth's reality an unqualified reflection of heaven. As Johnson said during a conference hosted by the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, Missouri, my assignment isn't to go to heaven. My assignment is to bring heaven. We've been given a mission, and that mission is to pull on the reality of that world until it manifests in this one. Just how much of heaven can be pulled to earth? Johnson himself contemplates this question. No one knows for sure, he writes in When Heaven Invades Earth, but we do know through church history that it's more than we have now, and we know through the scripture that it's even more than has ever entered our minds. According to Johnson, the church accomplishes this mission of pulling heaven to earth through prayer. In The Way of Life, he writes, Our prayer assignment reveals God's overall commission and purpose for our lives. Through prayer, on earth as it is in heaven, is to become an increasing reality. But recall that the type of prayer Johnson speaks of here is not petition. Rather, it refers to a type of prayer known as binding and loosing, which is closely related to declaration prayer. That concludes part one of this two-part series on the Great Commission according to NAR. Come back for my next episode, part two, when I will explain binding and loosing prayer and how NAR leaders view it as the key for pulling heaven to earth. To learn more about the New Apostolic Reformation, check out Counterfeit Kingdom, The Dangers of New Revelation, New Prophets, and New Age Practices in the Church, available for order on Amazon and anywhere else books are sold. And to learn more about NAR's revisionist understanding of the Great Commission, watch for our forthcoming book, Reckless Christianity, The Destructive New Teachings and Practices of Bill Johnson, Bethel Church, and the Global Movement of Apostles and Prophets. To receive my latest blog updates and articles in your inbox, sign up at my website at hollypivic.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y-P-I-V-E-C.com. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode.